All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. It's time for the Wally Mathot Show. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally Mathot Show, proudly brought to you by Ridge Rock Brewery. Uh, I'm Brent Wallace. He's 13-year NHL veteran defenseman Mark Mathot, who's always excited to see me. Always, Wally, and it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> this is that dead air right there when i said it that you had like i'm scrambling to well, think like, of something to you're, say to you. you're teeing me up like you know i can't like bluff <laughs> you every time we start up a show right so anyway but i i shaved today and everything for you you look good big, you do look good you uh, look sharp today and you've got a very subtle tan i like it uh, well it's the high blood pressure just changes <laughs> yeah, me a little i can relate i can relate okay uh all right uh by the way ridge rock brewing as we like to talk about uh our huge sponsor uh you can go to shop with them at ridgerockbruco.ca get 15 percent off your order uh you can mix and match you can try the amber the blonde american pale ale uh delicious stouts they got all kinds of stuff uh if mm. not go into carp uh, if you're not going to do home delivery and try out their restaurant their food is fantastic um that is ridge rock brewery um math lots to talk about in the show uh, yep. I made a little tweet. Uh, got Saw a little that. attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's much on. The, it's funny because you and I do not discuss Jacob Chikrin outside of this show. We've never actually had a conversation. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And so when so when people think uh, that I've contacted you or you've just gone through your agency, which represents Jacob Chikrin, same group, that that's where the information comes from. But I mm. I haven't had a conversation with you. So you have a different uh, source. I got different sources. So, uh, and I was told that it's now, uh, it's two first round picks. They would like, Arizona would like to get from Jacob Chikrin and they'll take Zaitsev and it's a, a called a high-end prospect. Now people are getting caught up on this high-end prospect. I just want to point out, don't believe it to be Shane Pinto, who's not considered a prospect anymore. Don't think it's Ridley Gregg. I actually don't think it's a defenseman. No. But if you look at Arizona's roster math and people have looked past this, yeah, they might need a goalie. It's, that's exactly what it's. So they've got one guy, 
that's relatively, I want to say proven. They've got Vimelka right now, right? Yeah. So so it's pretty evident that they need a goaltender. So that's that's their main address. So I again this is where people can start to speculate. And thankfully, while you did your due diligence and all the homework finding this info, I mean, it's you know, it it like we're saying it without really saying it. I just I wouldn't be shocked. Now maybe they go, you know what? We actually want JBD or we want this because sure. we're losing a defenseman. That's fine. Sure. But if you just look at the makeup of the roster, they need someone in net. And yeah. that's an interesting angle for me. I don't know that, you know, Mad Sogard is ready to play in the National Hockey League for that matter. Um, and Levi Marilinen obviously is not. And Kevin Mandelis. And Ottawa's not very deep at goal either. Don't get me wrong. Giving up already a guy after they've given up Philip Gustafson is a big move for them. They don't have a lot of strength in goal at the moment at on the minor league side. So that's an yeah. interesting part to me. But that's But if you're trying yeah. to make that deal for Jacob Chikrin, do you do it and go find a goalie? 100%. Are you kidding me? 100% you yeah. do. I mean, and again, I, I'm i a little biased because I'm not overly concerned with the American League, right? Um, yeah. But, and, you, and you can always find a journeyman. You can always go out there and find a journey, journeyman. Anton Forsberg was on waivers. Exactly. exactly. That's my point. So I'm not... I wouldn't be so concerned about your American League assets. I would be concerned about dealing, you know, a high-end prospect that might end up being a fantastic player. Like we talked about, you mentioned Greg, for example. Yeah. We see what he's doing at the World Juniors. I mean, I don't know, that, and I don't believe those guys are on the table. I think Pierre knows better than to do that at this point because we're talking about some significant role guys. That's what this team needs, right? You look at Ottawa, their top six up front are relatively set. You know, for the most part, you can make some yeah. tweaks in a couple of years if you need to. But like those role guys, we talked, we just had a had a great interview with Polly that's coming up. That's a good example of the kind of guys you want to bring up. So you don't want to lose those prospects. You nailed it right there, Wally, when you mentioned goaltending right now might be the way to go on if that's what Arizona's looking for. I, I it's just an, it's an interesting dynamic to look at. That's all I I want to say. Like, yeah, I, there's no way they're not giving up. You're not giving up really, Greg, for any particular reason or. Like no chance. Shane Pinto just isn't even a conversation starter. No chance. Uh, like, I, sure, Lassie Thompson. I'm okay with Lassie Thompson and and Jacob okay Docker and those guys. I just don't think that they're ones that Ottawa really wants to part with. And no. I just so here's. But I would be okay I with parting. That, I would be okay with parting with one of them, and I like both those players yes. very much. But that's the reality of this game. It's a business, and if you can make an upgrade with a, you know, if you can make an upgrade with a player like Chickering at his age with as much yeah. mileage like we always talk remember you guys everybody you guys always listen to me harp on getting a player that isn't over the hill right i know this isn't obvious this isn't some breaking yeah. news but you finally have that opportunity here pierre dorian knows that everyone knows that so they've been tight-lipped obviously we haven't been getting too much info leaked but if you can trade a player like a jbd or a lassie thompson you might have to bite the bullet okay and but here's another interesting part of this with jacob chickren he's a left shot d yeah. So everybody's fixated on the right side of fixing for Ottawa. Obviously, oh, he comes in. He he's not going to the right side. So then it no. becomes, which I believe is actually a better idea, is that it goes Shabbat, Chikrin, Jake Sanderson. I don't know that Jake Sanderson is a hundred percent ready to play in a top four spot, and I still don't know if he's a hundred percent healthy to start the year. If he struggles, no. you don't have anybody behind him. I like actually having Jacob Chikrin on the left-hand side. They still yeah. need to fix the right, though. I agree. I, I think with regards to Sanderson, though, I'm not going to pretend 
I know a lot of people like to pretend that they've been watching him yeah. play a ton and they have these hot takes. I haven't seen him play firsthand. I've seen highlights and, you know, we've, we've interviewed some players. I asked Shabbat about that last week when I asked where he thought Sanderson was at in his game. Yeah. He sounded pretty confident, Wally, right? Like, like Shabby sounded like he was, and I know, I know an NHL game is a lot different than a summer skate. And I know that when you're a young player, particularly a defenseman or a goaltender, if the adjustment, the jump into the next level is very hard. I know that, but the game's different now. We're seeing players come into the NHL with an immediate impact. So I'm not going to write Sanderson off until I watch a couple of those exhibition games just to see what he's like. But apparently he's game time ready. So I don't know. We'll see. Fair. But I, but, and I will defer to you as the ex NHL defenseman of how tough it is to play in a men's league yeah. at a oh, totally. young age. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I'm not talking yeah. forward. You're a, Eating up 22 minutes a night is tough. Defending players like year. Nick Paul. De defending massive mutant players or, like Nick Paul coming down the way. Or Nikita Kucherov. Or yeah. Connor McDavid, who can light you yeah. up. Like, yeah, and that's what I mean, though. Like, Because Sanderson's more I'm of saying. a skilled... Sanderson's known to be a little more skilled, obviously, and yeah. has that skating ability. So, you know, I think he'll actually have a decent time defending. I think he'll do a good job against some of the skilled players that aren't necessarily as imposing. Okay. Yeah. The good test, as you mentioned, it's a man's game. Right. Like, you know, there's a big difference. Now you're playing with guys that have families that are putting food on the table to feed their kids. The motivation is a lot different from playing against a bunch of frat boys in college. It's a different game. So, so I, no, no, but it's, it's a real thing, right? Like I, I thought I was I the agree. man after junior, I won the Memorial cup in London. You know, I was on cloud nine. Game is like, easy. And then I went to rookie camp, rookie camp in Traverse city. And boy, let me tell you, I was not prepared for that. I was not. Wow. I had a disappointing performance. And, you know, then I had a better training camp at the NHL level. But even in those games, you know, I was so nervous and green. I was not ready. So I'm a, I'm with you here, Wally. I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit. I'm I'm for I am confident though that he'll he will be a, a terrific hockey player. I'm just a little concerned with the start, but we'll see in training camp, as I mentioned earlier. I would like uh sports interaction to actually use the Jacob Chikrin trade. I like there to be odds on whether or not it's going to happen before camp. Well, it sounds uh, go like to sports interaction. Well, so go to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. Uh, log in and, and th there's still lots to go on with sports interaction is my point. Uh, right. if your first deposit, they'll match up to 500 bucks in sports bet credits. Uh, once you place qualifying sports bets and those bets have been settled, lots of terms and conditions apply, but uh, sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. Just back to your point of, I think that this deal gets done before camp, regardless of where he plays. I just think Arizona is now going to move him before camp starts. If they're one piece off, as you'd mentioned, um, yeah. you know, right there, I mean, or maybe a piece and I want to say a piece and a half because of some of the smaller details there with the picks. Yeah. I think, I think it, like, it wouldn't surprise me if this got done over the next two weeks, like, and I'm not, this isn't a hot take. This is just a hunch based off of how close they are. I mean, both teams want to get this done going into training camp. You want your pieces set in stone so your players can get in and you don't want to push it and push it and push it. And then all of a sudden camp starts and you're already kind of committed, right? Okay. So if you're Ottawa, you value your draft picks, which we've always seen. Trent Mann does a, a great job at the draft. Here's an interesting note. So if they talk about being two first round picks, Zaitsev and a prospect, what if it's not two first rounders and you are Ottawa, you offer up a first and they have two seconds next year as they have Washington's pick in a second. If you're so if you're Arizona meth, would you do a first, second, 
I don't know if it's lottery protected. I don't even care at this point. First, second, Zaitsev and a high-end pick for a uh, high-end player for Z- Jacob Chikrin. I think I think Chick I think Chikrin is worth that. I think that's a fair um ask. I do, honestly. I don't think that you should give up like I, I found I was surprised when there was two first rounders potentially being on the table. But you know, I think Arizona knows what they have in the player. And they're certainly confident and they're certainly not desperate yeah. at this point to like, you know what I mean? So they've got, they've got a lot of leverage. I, I and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a business guy. I'm not some insider that's going to pretend like I understand all the ins and outs of, from the front office point of view, but based off yeah. of what you're telling me, I'd be comfortable with that. I would be, but I think if the potential yeah. there is to go after those two first round picks, you're probably going to put your line in the sand and, and, and wait it yeah. out. Like if you're Ottawa, you don't want to, I, I don't think you want to go two years without having a first round pick. But if, but unless if Pierre, you try to get yeah, it back somewhere. But, but if Pierre does do that, I mean, I'm not, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think it's okay because we're so. Now, I know the old saying goes, you can never have enough high end draft picks, right? Like you yeah. can never have enough of them because you never know what you're going to get. You can get that diamond in the rough. You never know. But right. I think at this point, with the way things are going with Ottawa, and they're so deep with young players now. I mean, look at this. Look at the development they've had. And that's that's a credit to the, the organization. I think they can afford now to do that. But to me, as I said earlier, two first-rounders does seem a little high for the player, plus a pick or a prospect or whatever. That seems yeah. egregious. But, I mean, nothing surprises me anymore at this level. But they also got to take back Zaitsev in that contract. So that obviously yeah, but they need. The- but- but they need to reach the floor anyway. And it's not like he's an incompetent defenseman. Like, like, no, like to me, you know, like it, it, I, what he's got one year now at what, two and a half. Cause he had the bonus that Ottawa paid he's out. I think, was that bonus. what it was? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then the following year is four and a half, I think, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not, it's not like a, you're not, you're not bringing on, if you're Arizona, you're not bringing on a ton of baggage. I mean, that's, that's, you know, you're overpaying for a guy that's technically a third pairing defenseman, I believe at this point, but he's a little older. See it all the it sounds time. like, He's exactly. He's a good dude, and it gets you to the floor. So for Arizona, I mean, it's they they need to they need to bring him in. They need that player. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I I would do first, second. I'm gonna say like Marilinen or Sogard or whatever. And if that's if that's what they want, well, or they're gonna a, need one. A, a D, gonna, yeah. yeah. And and then I would make the deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. All right. Uh, you did. You quickly brought up Ridley, Greg, um, and I rightfully so have not watched a lot of World Junior, but I have watched him play. I've seen the two games where he's been player of the game. He is on, and he's on a different. Like he seems to be at a different level right now. Like Mason McTavish, Connor Bedard, and Ridley, Greg seem to be the ones that are really owning. I guess the uh, the team Canada. It's been fun to watch out. him play. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and, and that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That doesn't make him right now a guy to play in the National Hockey League. Nothing. I don't know if he can or he can't, but everybody's just saying because he's dominating against guys his age, he's going to be that effective in the National Hockey League right away. I, well, I think he starts the year possibly in Ottawa with 10 games, but I don't know that he stays. That's okay, right? Like <clears throat> they're, in, they're, in, they're in a great position here because once a player starts dominating his peers, you know, his peer group, his age group, whatever. Yeah. That's when you know he's ready to make the jump. Now, is that jump, you know, does that mean he's NHL ready? He might need more time maybe in the American League first to find his game at the pro level. Or, you know what I mean? Like, there are so many variables involved. So, I think for me, it's simple. You see what he brings to the table in training camp. Players like him are those guys 
that potentially can bump out a veteran or whoever, but he's going to have to play his lights out, right? Like he's going to have to play lights out at training camp. He's going to have to do yeah. well in the fitness testing. He's going to have to really show that he can bring it and be consistent. It's another thing to come out, have an odd good game. I know you're sorry. I'll, I'll finish up my yeah. talk quick. You can come into camp. You can have one great game, but then you can follow that great game with a couple of very inconsistent ones where you're a bit of a liability on the ice. So there's that mental shift that you're going to have to make at some point. It doesn't happen overnight. So, I mean, I, I, it's very exciting. And I, I do think he's going to be a terrific NHL player, probably more of that role player that's got some bite Agreed. in his game, but can still finish. I mean, who is not excited about that? And so I've got nothing negative to say here other than like most cases at with kids this at that age, you have to wait until training camp to see him in some real games. I, I just don't want players to get rushed into the National Hockey League. And we've seen it before and careers don't seem yeah. to develop that way as they yeah. should. So here's what I'm, is Ridley Gregg better playing seven minutes a night on Ottawa's fourth line or 17 minutes a night in the AHL it's a no in brainer. all situations? Absolutely. No question. Put him in the America, at least for one year, which is nothing. Right. But like, right. You know, like to, to have a player like him play, you know, say you said 17 minutes to 20 minutes a night, depending on the situation. I mean, I've went through it. I know a lot of great players. Like I played with Derek Broussard is another first round draft pick that I played with in Syracuse. It just takes time, man. Like it just, just for your body to catch up to the pro guys. And then all of a sudden, you know, those players, those prospects or whoever just start kind of leapfrogging a lot of the vets in the American league with their on ice play and their consistency. And that's generally when you have a good idea. Okay. This kid's ready. I mean, this he's done grooming at the American league level. Let's get, let's give him a shot. And they'll do that. Cause as we all know, injuries are abundant. They happen all the time and all these players will get their opportunity. So I'm with you, Wally. I think depending on his camp, if he's a little inconsistent or he isn't like lights out per se, then you know what to do with him. Yeah. Like Josh Norris, did okay playing in the American Hockey League. Nobody's looking back at him going. It didn't hurt him. Man, it didn't hurt him playing. In, yeah, yeah. So well, because it, you because you regress no... as a player. You regress. Well, you've seen it, right? Like yeah. you bring a player in. Like let's say I'll use myself as an example. When I um when I got to the NHL level and I started getting a taste, they started calling me up a little bit. I was bouncing up and down. I'd get there and I'd be playing with a third pairing defenseman. No slight against that player and. You know, I'd be playing 12 minutes a night, you know, and not very confident in my gripping my stick a little hard because I knew I wasn't a priority to be out there on the ice. But then I'd go back down to Syracuse and I'd be scoring goals and making plays and playing real good hockey. So, you know, there, there, there's something there. And, and I think with a lot of these young players, depending on the type of player, more specifically a role player, I think you want them to get touches in ice time. Uh, I just got a question for you. When you were playing in the third pairing, were you always in the defensive zone to start? Like, did they ever give you offensive yeah. zone starts? No, I mean, that's that's how it is, right? <laughs> right? Like, You're just scrambling. Like, and they don't give a shit. Like, I, I remember, you know, coming off the ice and I, we were, because we played, we were, I was in Columbus, right? So we had such a nightmarish division. I was playing in the West. That's when Columbus was still in the West. And we had like Detroit when they were just an all-star team, Chicago when they were a Stanley Cup team, Nashville when they were just a nightmare to play against. They had a lot of tough guys. Like, it was in St. Louis, like the, it was the best division in hockey. So I'd go up there and it'd be a nightmare some nights, right? Like you'd just be, it would be like waves coming at you one after the other. So, you know, that would kill my confidence a little bit. And then eventually my play would start to regress after a couple games. They identified that and they sent me down. Did I want to get sent down? No, but it was the best thing for me. But you also played Syracuse, if I'm not mistaken, was a pretty good team then too, right? Yeah, we so had a good team. go from... And yeah, you go from struggling in Columbus to playing 
and the confidence level just changes when you're well, winning hockey games. And that's the thing that you mentioned earlier about, well, you know, they're thin in goal like with Ottawa, for example, like it's, it's important to have a competitive team down there in the American league because everybody benefits, right? You don't want to go down there and get shellacked every other night on the weekends because you know, no. you've got a weak team or you've got a bunch of liabilities on deer and goal. You want to make sure that you've got a good foundation because all these kids that you're grooming up to play at the NHL level are learning from these guys. These are the guys that are basically teaching them and, and, and showing them how to do it. So you need some good leaders down there. You need to pay a couple of really good players. You know, those, those long-term AHL guys that never could quite crack the NHL level, but they're probably making 200 K down there. They're really good. Yeah, they're all stars. Yeah. You need those guys. They're critical for the development of the other end players. And this might be your era. I can't, I, I always get confused with times all the time is Denny Hamel. Denny yeah. Hamel was a great AHL player. Him. He just wasn't, yeah. yeah, he just wasn't great in Buffalo. Like he had a couple of good years, but Ottawa yeah. signed him, made him yeah. captain and paid him like 400 grand to play in the American yeah, Hockey League just so he yeah. could teach the players down there. And he was well-loved by the fans. He became part of the community. Like you can make some really good money playing the American Hockey League. Yeah. Even if you and he, can't crack an, a, an NHL lineup. Agreed. And he was a beauty. Like I've, I had the pleasure yeah. of golfing with him long after I retired. I finally met him at one of the, it was a random tournament in Castleman and he lives out there. Really nice guy highly skilled like yes. a lot of you know like like he had that pedigree where he just knew the game very well but just couldn't make that jump and that that's the case with a lot of players there's a lot of very talented players in the american league yeah. that just can't figure it out at the nhl level or translate that and oftentimes it's either you know physicality or lack of physicality rather and, and being in great shape or a good skater there's Skating. always something kind of missing yeah yep yeah yeah anyway. i well i don't know like brad smith uh was is in the AHL Hall of Fame like that guy could score goals at will it just wasn't I don't think his foot speed was good enough to play in the National Hockey yeah, and that's the difference uh, yeah. yeah so uh, speaking of big strong forwards coming up uh, Nick Paul is on our show today as he we chat with him about playing in Tampa what the difference is like uh, and he's looking forward to facing his former team come this season uh, all that's still ahead uh, reminder if you're looking to refresh your front yard or do a complete landscape makeover uh, need some landscape stone aggregate uh, thinking of redoing the driveway Give our friends at Bonisher Excavating a call. They're here to help. Competitive pricing on your landscape needs. Uh, 613-432-1120 or go to BonisherExcavating.com. BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Beth, we'll be right back. Nick Paul, as you're watching the Wall in the Podcast. Uh, welcome into the show, Nick Paul, our good friend. Good to see you again. Uh, unfortunately, this time, though, it was a, as a Tampa Bay Lightning, which is always tough for us. But we appreciate you taking the time. we got lots to talk about. And you know what? I'm going to start with, how does it feel to sign your seven-year deal? Yeah, no, uh, definitely, obviously, a, a tough pill to swallow after uh, losing out, being that close to, to, to Lord's yeah. Day. Um, it kind of uh, turned around quickly when my agent called me and, uh, they wanted to get things done right away, and uh, they they liked uh, the player I was, and they thought that I was a good fit for the team, and and they wanted to get a deal done. So, I mean, we my agents started negotiating, and there's not much. They they knew what they wanted, and they were pretty. Uh, they started off with good numbers and kind of good years of length, and from there it wasn't much negotiating. And I mean, seven years is in the in Sunshine State, uh, a really <laughs> good team and a really good organization. I'm super super happy. Yeah. See, I wasn't going to bring up the cup final just yet. I thought we'd ease into it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, did you know the irony maybe of signing that contract on July 1st was 
I believe eight years after the day that you were traded to the Ottawa Senators from Dallas. Really? Yeah, no. Uh, man, time flies. <laughs> uh, and yeah, you went no. through a lot, right? Like all those one-year deals. All I don't know if I'm going to be in the NHL. I, I just like, was there more to signing that deal? Like, did you reflect on that or is it just pen to paper and I'm moving on? Yeah. I mean, I've been, <laughs> I've been through a lot through my career and one-year contracts and trying to prove myself and um, just trying to stick and being on waivers a amount of times. It's like, you know what? I want some security. And I, I kind of, the biggest thing for me is I, I kind of found my role and what I do best. And I'm not trying to go outside that. Um, obviously there's times where I can push the envelope when I'm feeling it a little bit, but, uh, for the most part, I, I know my role and, um, with Tampa, they kind of not saying Ottawa didn't, uh, I have nothing but good things to say about Ottawa, but I just felt like they really, uh, valued what I can do in all situations. And it was somewhere where it was like, okay, I, I know this is a good fit for me. I feel good. I like the coach, I like the staff, I like the organization, um, I, I love the people on the team in the area. I wanted to start my family. My fiance and I are getting married next year. So uh, a lot of that came into play in security. So seven years was kind of a, a good number for us to start a family, to fit in. And then the best thing is, is Tampa is always willing to, to do whatever they need to make a push for the, the Stanley Cup. So uh, whatever they need, whatever the players need, whatever we need to win, they'll, 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 uh, they'll do. So it's a good spot to be in. I mean, we're still really, really good. So we got some some time here for some some more runs. What were your Paulie? What were your first impressions like? When, so you go to Tampa, completely different locker room. You're obviously an established player now. What were the big changes that you had noticed coming in from Ottawa? Obviously, I'm aware two different teams. One's vying for Stanley Cup and all. But were there yeah. was there anything that really stood out to you when you got there? Um. Well, first off, I just thought. Uh, like Tampa stacked a couple of Hall of Fame guys, like some some legends there, right? So I didn't know how the room was going to be if me coming in, I got to kind of warm up to these guys. And, um, you know, there's you see them on the highlights every single morning, right? So you're just like, uh, you don't really know how it's going to be, but they were unbelievable. Like Stammer is yeah. one of the first guys to text me, invites me up to dinner. Uh, I go with all the guys and they, they welcome me and made me feel like I've been there forever. It was just such a cool, I didn't know... Obviously, I didn't think anyone had egos or anything like that, but to really step in and and then be like as nice as they were and to make me feel like I've known them forever was just I felt a part of the team right away. It didn't even take a week, and uh, I started telling my jokes and you know I me, mean, I'm a little bit of a silly guy, so I was telling jokes and riddles a day, and they were just loved <laughs> it. They're like, "What's the? Tell us another one." And then I'm making up nicknames for myself, and then they're chirping me, and I just kind of fit in right away, and that's that's what kind of helped me play good right away is because I wasn't worried about off ice stuff and everything. Was yeah. just, all right. I'll focus on on ice. And then Coop, he just had confidence. He's like, Hey, uh, I know you're a good player. We traded for a reason, uh, but it's obviously a different situation here. So just show me what kind of player you are and where you fit in. Just kind of gave me no restrictions and let me play. And then from there, I just kind of took the reins, took control. And, and then, yeah, I started working my way with minutes and, and scenarios and PK and then power play a little bit. So, it was, um, it definitely started off the ice with the guys making me feel comfortable. And then from there, it's just your focus on the game and then just build. Was there, was there any doubt early on when you got there that you'd get extended there? Like, did you think, okay, maybe I'm just a rental at this point? Or what, like, did you have a pretty good indication that you're likely going to be there for the long term? So I had no idea. So I, I went there and obviously I knew they were against the cap. And then 
so I just got, I, I had no expectations. My, my, my expectations, my goal, my head were to do anything I could do to help the team win. If that's playing six minutes a night and that's where I fit in and I'm blocking shots and I'm putting my body on the line, I'm doing it. And luckily for me, uh, I kind of fit into a, a role where I got more minutes, but um, I would say about halfway or uh, a couple of weeks before playoffs, I called my agent. I was like, Hey, I love it here. Like the, yeah. awesome. <laughs> the weather's awesome. The girls are awesome. Um, they accepted my fiance right in the room. She fit in there. She's over at girl's house and everything. Nice. Uh, but yeah. And then I'm like, they, they just, they, 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 there's just something about the environment. It's just, you, it, it's so confidence. Like you, you just know you're going to win. You know, it's not like a cocky, like we're the best. It's just like, Hey, no matter what it takes, we're going to get it done. And someone is going to step up to do it. So yeah. it was just this feeling I had and I called my agent. I was like, Hey, I love it here. Like, is there any chance that they can, they have any room to sign me? Like just kind of asking things like, honestly, um, Julian's a wizard when it comes to numbers and getting what he wants and, and making the team as best as, uh, best as he can. So he's like, just, I don't know. They're up against the cap, but he's a wizard when it comes to numbers and making, making things work. So just play here or play hard, have good playoffs. And then after season, we'll deal with that. So that's kind of the only talk I had with him. And I was like, I just took all that out and just worried about winning a Stanley cup. So uh, yeah, it ended up taking care of itself. And I mean, seven years, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it, you know, huge. Yeah. <laughs> and well-earned. Yeah. Thank you. It is exciting. Uh, you left me with so many questions from that little last comment. And I've got to <laughs> go back to what nicknames did you give yourself? <laughs> well, <laughs> I know Bogosian knows uh, Tyler Ennis, who Ennis is one of the best guys I've ever played hockey with. He's best just, to ever do it. Oh, he's, yeah, the best to do it, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, no, he, uh, even in Ottawa, I just like threw out Nick. Like, I was just kind of, uh, I want to be that guy in the morning. Like, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. We weren't the best for, for a little bit there. I, this is my first yeah. play in the front. So I've seen yeah. some pretty dark rooms um in the hl and all that and I, I just like you know what i'm tired of all this negativity like if i got to be the guy to lighten up chirp a little bit get chirped have people chirp me you know massive eyebrows big nose whatever i can take it I don't, <laughs> only what you want I, I i got thick skin so um i was just kind of that guy that just gets the room going in the morning have my coffee chirp guys haircuts kind of get kind of get it rolling and stop this negativity so i kind of fit that role and that's kind of what helps me play is like jabbing people and taking jabs so uh, going over there, I guess Enzo uh, passed on some funny nicknames that were just given out. So, he, he was, so then I came out of there, and then I started telling. Uh, so they knew me right away from like a joke and a riddle a day because I got a, I got a crazy amount. So, they're um, like, "What do they call you over there?" Like all these jokes and stuff. I like made up something on the spot. I'm like they call me the Big Ridley, and then that stuck. And then I just they called me like Big Bat. Like I just make up like stupid, stupid nicknames, and then they stick for like a week. And then uh, they go in the next. And at some point, they just said, Paul, like, I don't think you actually have these nicknames. I think you're just telling us they call you this. And then, you know, like, yep, pretty much. And then it's just another, it just it just adds a little bit of character to the room, you know, a couple levels. And then then they know that I'm like, I'm like when it comes game time and everything, I'm super serious. But anything before, it's like, you need to laugh. You need you need to not take it out on someone, but you need someone to get going, get out of something. Like, I'm, I'm just that guy, right? Yeah, you have to, right? Like it's such yeah. a long season. If you're playing one game a year, it's an NFL season. I get business all the time, but you can't survive in this league without yeah. having a little bit of fun, right? Imagine just a room of 23 robots. Like there's no chemistry. So that's good. And you know how it is, Matt. Like 
it's all about the flows of the game. If you're negative when you go on that ice, bad things. Oh happen. boy, it attracts yep. you. you know, like if yep. you're in a practice, you're like, man, I can't make a pass today, and you think that you're not making a pass all practice. So yeah, when you're like confident, almost bordering with cocky a little bit, like you're really confident in your game and you're having a good time, everything just kind of comes automatic, right? And then you start playing those games where you might be off for a night. And you start overthinking everything in skates and practices and everything just compounds. So I couldn't agree more. And to, to your point there about the jokes, I played golf last week with Paulie at the Faces Tournament. I don't think he can share it, but it was it was fantastic. I cannot overplay this enough or overstate it enough. He is a great storyteller and joke teller. Can, do you have any on the spot here for us, Paulie? Any PG uh, stuff? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I just... <laughs> I know, I'm yeah, putting you on the spot. This we'll save it for the end of the show. I was, okay? I was about to ask the same question. Oh, know, yeah? Like in this in the situation, I just kind of I know I know I get going, but yeah, no, I just uh, I had this in Tampa too. I did an interview, and then they heard like I'm I tell us a joke, <laughs> and I'm on camera. I'm like, um, why did this Garrett get a promotion? He's like, he's outstanding in his field, and then they're like. <laughs> Oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah. That's what they were. They're like, <laughs> yeah. they're like dad jokes, right? They're just a little so common, you know? Because <laughs> we were we were pulling up to a tee. We were like on the fourth or fifth hole. We've already had a couple of drinks, and like we're not really talking at this point. And Paulie out of nowhere just goes, goes, hey guys, come over here. I got a joke for you. <laughs> we're like looking around, yeah. like what? <laughs> and he all had us in stitches. It was fantastic. Yeah. So have you gone up to any Tampa players and tried to? I can see. Andre Vasilevsky and you going to tell him a joke and he just has a blank stare on his face. Mm. Um, well, you got to pick your crowd, right? You got to know who, uh, <laughs> who's going to like what. Like, uh, that's the thing, Vas, like, the game days, you just you just stay away. You let him do his routine. You don't mess with him. He's the best goalie in the world. Is uh, he I intense? Is he like a super intense guy? Uh, game days, yeah. He's got his routine and he's, uh, he's focused, but I mean, practice and everything, like, I talked to him in the morning and uh, he can joke around and he actually gets pretty funny. He's witty. He's sarcastic. Sometimes he tells jokes and kind of looks at you straight face and you don't know if he's joking or not, but yeah. he's an awesome, I, I, I like him. Vass is a, I, I like Vass a lot. And um, yeah, just game days. You just stay clear, let him do his routine and he stops yeah. the pill like no other. <laughs> All right. So you're on the ice for your first practice and you're going to shoot on Andre Vasilevsky. Are there rules? honestly keep it low <laughs> i'm not raising that puck over the over the pads i'm just hitting pads like we, we got to a point where uh so we were in uh, i remember we were in uh washington practice rink and uh this was right after carolina and we're doing a practice whatever and we moved the nets on the blue lines it's like a little three on three where coach slides the puck in and i remember just trying to feel like i'm just trying to show like i can like what i can do basically in practice and I just let like a little snapshot go. And I, I don't have the softest shot. And it just rings them right off the side of the like jaw. Oh, no. And then I go, <laughs> and I kind of look in the line. And then everyone's like, kind of like, uh. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So then ever since then, I kind of just, he knows now like in practice or like in game day skates, he kind of gives me the old, okay, glove side or blocker. He's a little <laughs> shape to shoot for it. Um, yeah, no, he's, uh, he's, he's unreal. <laughs> Does he let you score in practice? Is he one of those guys that doesn't really care in practice or wants every puck out of the net? Yeah, no, he, uh, it, it all depends. Like sometimes on game days, he just wants to feel the puck. He doesn't really want to like get too into it and he yeah. just wants to feel it. And then other times like you can't score him at all. So, mm. okay. yeah. so what's that first day? 
did you go to dinner before your first practice or was that first day when you walk in the locker room like is it nerve-wracking like the first day of school so my first day was super awkward so the, i didn't know anyone on the team like i played against Sorellian junior uh i didn't really know anyone um so i flew into carolina before they got there so i'm in the hotel and i got like an hour before they come in so i'm just kind of sitting there like what do i do here like it's kind of awkward and then i'm like sorry my dog's in here get out of here yeah <laughs> uh, hasn't going with her um yeah so then i get in and then uh i'm kind of like okay coop texts me he's like hey we're gonna be there in about an hour i'll come see you we'll talk we'll figure it out all that so i'm thinking in my head okay who do i know like who can i go to to kind of like mesh in and them introduce me and then Hagel was there from world uh world championships so i text him and he's like yeah man i don't know anyone here either like i'm still trying to figure it out so then um uh, i get in everyone's kind of walking in i'm saying hello like million different people and then the staff comes and the trainers and then coop grabs me and then uh so there's like a pa dinner that night so what they it was actually perfect because they had uh, a team dinner in one of the ballrooms so i just kind of sat there and i was with uh i think it was hetty mcdonough Stamkos and then uh Hagel. And then from there they they kind of uh talked to me, introduced me everything, and then the practice. And then we played, end up scoring. I think that helped a little bit yeah. with the boys. And then yeah. from there it was uh I was able to go to dinner and everything. But I was just kind of meeting everyone on the fly and then I had to go to the ranks. I didn't play for like two weeks because they were sitting me out for uh the trade just in case you got traded. But yeah, no, it was good. It was uh it was good. Did you uh like, was there nerves around that group? Did they make you feel like they wanted you and were excited to generally have you join this team for this run? Yeah. Yeah, no, they were they were awesome. And I just remember, uh, like, in media one time, I was with Stammer, and he was just, like, something. He's, 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 he's such a good leader. Like, I remember it was in playoffs. We were actually uh, against the Leafs. And I was doing media with them. He's like, we just don't want to win this for three cups. We want to win it for guys that haven't had a cup. And, you know, like I'm sitting beside him. He's like, Paul here has, doesn't have playoff experience. Like we want this for him. We want to show him what it's like to be a winner and uh, to win a cup for him. Like he's putting me over himself and and, and some of the guys saying uh, uh, guys, first time cops, like it's unbelievable. Like they need that experience. And, and just like the way he leads, the way he demands respect without really do just being a good guy and being a good leader. It speaks volumes. Um, and when, if he needs to give us a little kick in the butt, like everyone listens, everyone like ponies up, like it's, uh, it, it, he, he controls the room. It's powerful. How good was that goal to be scored? You're two days later, you're scoring, uh, the opening goal of that game. You're like, okay. Yeah. It's, everybody's <laughs> like, Oh, Hey, we just scored a 20 goal score. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> it's funny because I felt <laughs> I felt tired that game. My legs were heavy. I was off for a little bit. And like when you start overthinking and panicking and like uh it, it actually is you're more tired. Like when you're thinking and your legs get heavier, you can't really breathe because you're focusing like, oh man, this is so hard. And then to get that goal was just huge. Just like a little redirect, uh ended up going just over the glove. And then from there just kind of eased the nerves and it's like, okay, I'm in the rhythm now. Um and it was yeah, it was awesome. It, to get done the first game, I think, was really huge because it just takes the pressure off of uh, self-expectations of proving yourself to people, right? Uh, you talked about playing your first ever playoff game. So you've gone seven pro years. I don't think you've played one playoff game anywhere. 
Yeah. And now you're playing with the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. What, what's the mood like as you go into your first playoff game? <laughs> uh, I was just thinking to hit as hard as I can and to skate as fast as I can and not worry um, about making plays. Uh, obviously, when you're feeling it, you, you make the plays. But my my goal was to play a big, heavy, hard game. You know, get on the forecheck and make the defenseman think, hey, this guy's coming, he weighs 230, and he's putting all that 230 into a hit. So I was just trying to hit hard, be a presence, stir it up a little bit, and then from there create space and create space for your line mates. Because, I mean, when you dump a puck and you're coming full speed, I don't care how big and how tough you are, you know someone's coming. And it, it just takes that half second of him being like, oh, shoot. And next thing you know, the play that he was going to make isn't there. He's thinking and he rims it. Um, so that's why I, I was just trying to be a big presence. And then from there, kind of build on my game and uh, work on the creating puck space and, and, and things like that. Because, I mean, you pretend to not pretend, but you go in like you're going to hit and then you peel and you you kind of read where he's going. He doesn't yeah. even care. He's just whacking it and you get the puck and now you're in the ozone. So and it's good momentum shift, too. Right. Like we want my biggest thing is to get the big guys out there. I want to do a hard cycle shift where I'm just dragging the puck and, and tiring them out and then change on the cycle and I'm high guy go for a change next thing you know pointer stammer cooch one of the many guys in our team that can snipe uh are out there and in a good position so was that a conversation that who uh, that coop had with you at any point like prior Paulie, as far as what he expected from you and your game because you all know everybody that knows you knows you can play pretty much anything in any way you want but yeah. was like that role player sort of the expectation for you from the coaching staff uh, yeah, I, I think it definitely started that way, too. Like, he he just said, like, I know what kind of player you are. He's like, obviously, I don't know to what extent, so I'm giving you the reins here to show yourself. But he's like, don't get away from what you're good at. You know, you're a big body. We want you hard forecheck. We want you uh, hard on pucks, holding pucks, uh, being good defensively, hard on draws. We need you for the yeah. peak. So I knew with my core and what I needed to do, but when it comes to, okay, there's a two-on-one, I don't need to just shoot the puck. I can make a play or three-on-two or, like, my biggest thing is carrying the puck out of zones. I'm yeah. a big guy, so, like, I think like, once they moved me to center, they they were uh, really surprised and kind of happy how, like, if I get it in the middle, like, I'm not just throwing it to the winger. I can skate through the middle and really take take the puck and, and make someone make a play on me, right? So if I take up the middle, if that lead lefty comes to pinch or kind of uh, – angle me off now i can throw it back to that left side and create opportunity so um i think as as uh more confidence and they put me in different scenarios that kind of see me build my, my role definitely improved but um that's where they were so good they didn't have a cap on me right they, they said this is what you this is what you do do it well um and if you want to show us more and it works go ahead but um yeah no that, that that's that's the biggest thing i and I feel like that's a big, like that's a very underrated part of your game. I know people that know you in Ottawa know that you would always crush the fitness tests and you would always destroy the skating tests, which is an absolute nightmare. We talked to Shabby about it last week too, and he was kind of cringing, <laughs> saying that they've yeah. changed it up. So is that something that you've always kind of had in your back pocket? Like, is this a genetic thing for you? Like, have you always been kind of a freak off the ice when it comes to your training and your habits? Or is that something that has kind of developed in your adulthood? Yeah, I was a late uh, bloomer. Uh, I was small in my draft year or the beginning of my draft year. And so like, I kind of got grew into my body late. Yeah. And uh, I just like the biggest thing my parents instilled in me is just work. It doesn't matter how much skill or no matter what it is in life. If you outwork the other person, like good things will happen. It, all, it doesn't always work. 
You know, sometimes you see guys that put their feet up and do nothing and somehow get a job over the guy that puts the hours in, does everything. That's just how life is, right? Uh, networking and everything. And it sometimes it just doesn't work like that. But uh, the biggest thing I've always, uh, my parents always said, as long as you work hard and you don't give up and, and you push the envelope, good things will happen. So that was one of my big things in the summer. I just, I obviously, I'm lucky that I have a 6'3 frame and, and big and strong, and, and that obviously helps too. But um, just I worked super, super hard, create a good base. And now uh, it's kind of more of maintaining. I know I'm not going to try to put up massive, massive numbers in the gym. I kind of got my base of where I feel comfortable, the weight where I feel good. Then that remo- that that leads me right into that next question, because we had a little bit of a chat about this on the golf course where you're like the one thing you had noticed coming to Tampa is like these guys aren't really running out of steam. Like the expectation is to go along. And then having that short summer that we talked about when it's time yeah. to like, you know, you got to, you know, you only have a couple of months. You just went to the Stanley Cup final. Now you've got like, what, a couple of weeks off. You have to figure out how you want to kind of manage that. What's yeah. been the biggest dif- uh, difference there? And like, what's the secret? How do they do it? I don't know, man. There must be something in the water in Tampa. Like for them to go to that many Stanley Cup finals and obviously winning two, but to, to keep on going is just insane. Like, I've always had long summers, so I didn't really, I didn't get it. And this is my first summer where it's like, okay, the body's hurting a little bit. So the first yeah. bit's just taking care of your body. You don't want to start working out on, on bad, uh, on um, like a bad knee or bad shoulder. So it's all about recovery. And then from there, it's just um, kind of maintaining that strength and then building. So like for me, I just started uh, a couple of weeks ago, just doing uh, explosive and heavy. And then now I'm just kind of maintaining that I got my power. Uh, I'm on the ice and it's kind of, it's a different, it's, it's a shorter schedule for sure. But I mean, I work out with yeah. Chris Schwartz and he's got it pretty, uh, pretty dialed in for me and I've, I've been feeling great. So, um, but yeah, that many runs in a row to keep having gas and to keep pushing the envelope and, and keep being the top team is, is super impressive. And I mean, it just all comes as a group effort, right? There's no single efforts on that team. Everyone does it for each other. And when it's time to step up, you don't just have a handful of guys, anyone on that team can step up. And that's why I think they're so good. <clears throat> they just it's, have confidence in everyone anyone can step up exactly and that's oh, i was just gonna one last little note on that is kucherov a freak of nature off the ice by any chance or is he just sort of one of those anomalies that can just bring it like you mentioned earlier yeah i'm not like i wasn't there long enough to really because when when i got there our the schedule was crazy it was like a game every other day and then we were on the road and then like even for the playoffs we, we went on like a six-day road trip before playoffs and then flew to toronto and then we had another week there but um i mean I just know from on the ice, this guy is unbelievable. Just the little things that like playing against them, you don't really notice. But then when you're on the bench, you kind of like, I kind of get lost just watching them sometimes. Yeah. The way yeah. He protects the puck where he's like kind of gliding and he like shows that you can kind of hit it, but you can't because he's positioned where he can't waits for you to lunge and then makes the play. And it's the back of the net. And it's just like, I don't know. He just makes it look easy. <laughs> I wouldn't, I would have a tr- tough time trying to follow what he does, but you know, he, he, he brings it. He's on, he's awesome. Yeah. But, but he gets labeled, if you will, for us watching, like he's really lazy. Like he just, because he slows the game down, we all look at him and I'm not a pro player. So it's a style the same, but yeah, he just looks like he doesn't give a shit. And then all That's, of a sudden he has three yeah. points. Yeah. yeah. No, he, uh, he just thinks the game completely different. He, his, his IQ and on hockey is off the charts. Like if you watch him play, he doesn't play like every other player. He plays. Yeah. He knows it works. He goes to spots on the ice where people don't even think about going, and next thing you know, the puck comes to him, and he's got 
a ton of free space. He makes a move on one guy and then it's in the back of the net. And you're like, okay, like, I don't know how he, he read that play, but he did it. And then like, so I played with him for a, a couple of games there. I scored one goal. I remember I, I, I rimmed it around to him on the half wall. He didn't look at me once and I'm skating to the slot, beating my guy. And then the puck hits my stick. And he didn't even look at me. And then I just <laughs> turn around and shot and end up going in. And I'm in my head. I'm like, how the heck did he know where I was going? How he didn't even look at me once. He, his back was turned. He gets it. There's like the behind the back, back hand pass right on my stick. And I'm not, I'm like, I'm kind of yeah, looking yeah, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I better shoot him in the slot. You know, like he just, he <laughs> reads and he, his passing game is phenomenal. He just, he just reads the game. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, that's good intel. The, uh, I know we keep going back and forth in the playoffs. The Toronto game where you single-handedly is a bit strong, but you had, Arguably the best game of your pro career. Uh, you score the only two goals in a 2-1 win, including the overtime winner. God, it made me happy. What, what, what was that game like for you? And and we bring this up, but I'm sure, I don't know if it has any impact in your life. It was that it was against Jason Spezza, who you were traded for. But was any of that stuff and being in Toronto, all that a part of how that game played out? Um. I don't know. There's a lot of history with Toronto. Like I grew up there going, that's where I started to love hockey, going to hockey games there, watching Toronto Maple Leafs, like Matt Sundin, Ty Domi, Darcy Tucker, uh, Cujo, list goes on. So I grew up there loving hockey there. That's where I fell in love with it. Uh, to kind of come back and game seven in that arena and then do that was pretty, uh, pretty special. You know, my brother was there. My, my parents already flew to Tampa, but my brother was at the game. He was actually right behind the net when I scored my first one. But, uh, yeah, no, it was special. Uh, and just to get that second one, and I mean, the crowd was <laughs> booing us and warm-ups and like Toronto fans are, uh, they love their team, right? So they're pretty good. So that second one just kind of, it was, it was nice little uh, hands to the side saying like, what now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was, it was special to, to, to do that in my hometown. And I mean, going into that game, you know, game seven, everything's on the line. You got to leave it out there. So uh, I was excited for that game. I think, I didn't start the best. I remember uh, I'll be our assistant uh, there. I think I turned the puck over twice in the first shift. And you could just tell I was kind of a little too amped up, a little jittery and thinking too much. I was like, hey, Paul, just play hockey, man. Don't think about it. You're, you're overthinking right now. And then from there, I just kind of started feeling it. Uh, I mean, pointer going down that series uh, it was a tough loss uh, for us. But someone had to step up and, and play those minutes. So I started playing more. Uh, up the lineup, and I think I don't know. They had around 20 minutes that game, or 18, 19 minutes, somewhere in there. So a lot of ice uh, time for a big guy. Yeah, no, the, my uh, 18 minutes is a is a heavy 18 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it, it it was unreal. And uh, I think Halpy just coming to me like, "Hey, it's another game, play hockey. Like you know what to do." So uh, no, that was a huge. Uh, Huge, huge game for me. And I mean, I feel like I'm well known in Ottawa now. Just people coming up to me and saying, Oh, thanks for doing that to the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and that was gonna be my next thing is because the Leafs, I just find there's like an arrogance to them. I don't expect you to comment on that, but it just seems to me like they're a team that like I'd really want to beat, especially now with some of their leaders that they have. How good was it just going into that? Like now that you've experienced the playoff thing, just shaking the opponent's hand after beating them. I mean, is that yeah. not the best feeling? Yeah, no, it's good. And especially after a war like that, like that series was just a bad back. Like they were so fast uh, back and forth. Like yeah. momentum, the momentum changes in those games were nuts. Like mm -hmm. 
all of a sudden they, they're hemmed us in for like 10 minutes. Then we go and we hemmed them for 10 minutes and big hit here. There's chirping. There, there's everything. It's just all the, it was, like, it was a full war is what it was. And then to, to, to have that done and, and you're, you're the ones on top and you're shaking their hands. It's uh it's pretty special, you know? And yeah, go on. No, I was just going to touch on that before we shifted. I wanted to ask you about Corey Perry. I played with him in London. <laughs> I know his nickname's the worm. I yeah. love Paris. Like Paris, Paris was our basically he was our captain and he was our leader and he was a grease ball. Like, so what was it like playing with him? And I mean, you know, a guy that seemingly was always known as a skilled player, but obviously kind of has found a new role as an older player now where he's a bit more of a pest, even more so now than he was before. Yeah. And he's hitting guys, he's fighting. What was it like playing with a guy like him with all the experience that he has under his belt? It's unbelievable. Uh, Paris is, is, I couldn't say enough good things about him and all the experience that he brings and, and, and to see a guy going later in his career and switch, shifting his game and it's still, what do you put it, 38 points this year, somewhere around there. Yeah. He still made himself effective. And uh, I mean, power play, he came up huge in, in the playoffs and big goals stepped up and he's just, those things he deal he'll take a drink out of the goalie's water bottle. Like he's in front <laughs> of the net. He just somehow he slides in and touches the goalie. Well, so annoying. Just little things that just, it kind of switches the momentum and on the bench, you're just kind of smirking. You're like, did he just do that? Like, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, you just see them. They're super pissed off. They're throwing Yeah, off. man, it works. It works. It, 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 he's so good at what he does. And then he's, he, he's got it still. Like people are saying, yeah, he's older or whatever, but he still has it. And what he brings to the table too, with leadership and, and how to play the game and, and professionalism. He's just such a good asset to the team. And uh, like, I mean, you saw him in the power play too. He's putting up, putting up some key goals. Yeah. Uh, he's on the baseline and he's got that move where like, he'll go, they'll go down him and he kind of like toe drags it off his right side and brings it in tight to the net. It's so hard to defend against. Yeah. And that's just him. That's just him perfecting his craft, right? He's played so long, so long. He knows what, what suits him and what, what he does best and, and what keeps him uh, effective. And he, he was huge for us. Uh, I couldn't say all year cause I wasn't there, but definitely for the playoffs and, um, yeah, guy why, yeah. fourth, third, second line, wherever you need them. And when they're on even that fourth line, they, they were huge. They were carrying momentum. They're a huge part. They scored some massive goals for us, changed, changed the uh, momentum into our favor. Like it's, uh, and, well, that's like line. Maroon's on that. Well, Maroon was, was in and out, I think a little bit, but like he, like, is he, is he just ta talking to guys all game on that bench? I remember playing against him and him always wanting to fight me. And I was like, like, you know, no, thank you. Yeah. Was he still like that in the playoffs? Is he always talking shit to players? Um, yeah, he, he he's roughing it up in front and he's a big body and, and he's not afraid to, uh, he's a witty guy. He, he can chirp. So, uh, if someone starts getting a little mouthy, he'll, he'll be the one that in between the benches settles down and, um, kind of say some stuff to them and, I mean, he's huge too. Like a lot of people don't give him uh, enough credit. I mean, he scores some big goals. He's got some silky hands. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's uh, like even when I played against him, I didn't I didn't realize how good uh, of hands he what he he had. And I mean, well, when he played in Edmonton, what do you have like 20, 20 something goals, twenty five yep. goals, something like that. So um, he's another huge. He scored some massive, massive goals for us and. I mean, like I said, anyone on the team can step up. That's 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 the fun part, right? Anyone can be the hero, and we have a bunch of guys like that. And I mean, we have confidence in everyone. There's not one person where like, oh, like don't put him on the ice. Not saying that that's how it is, but you you know, sometimes like, oh, like last minute of the game, anyone on their bench, whoever whoever's feeling it, is on the ice, and that's that's the fun part because uh, they let heroes be be made. 
Nice. Uh, your other second game-winning goal in the playoffs was in Game Three of the Stanley Cup Final, which uh, ended up being the, your first win, Tampa's first win. What's it like for you? Here you are. A, you've just played in the playoffs for the first time. Now you're in a Cup Final. Uh, was there nerves at the beginning? Was it like I, I can't imagine what it's like for you having waited this long to play in the playoffs to now being a Cup Final? Yeah, I think nerves went away after the first uh, playoff game. It was just like, it was more, I shouldn't say fun because it was still like obviously a little nerve wracking at, at some points because, uh, I mean, you know what the end goal is and you know what you're playing for, but it was kind of a game that suited my style. I like playing a heavy, no space kind of game, guys on you, cross checking, a little bit of chippiness. Um, I just, I, 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 I liked it. I thought that was kind of my game. You know, everyone, like our team, you, the amount of shots that we blocked and, was and the things that we did for our team was just outrageous. So um the funny th the not funny the, the cool thing about it was uh when you see someone block a shot and kind of put themselves in the line, it's like you get that feeling on the bench. It's like, okay, what can I do? Can I go block a big shot? Like I want to get the boys going. Can I go make a big hit? Can I go score a goal? Can I make a play? So it was just we fed off each other so well where nerves weren't even a factor. You're just like, okay, this guy wants to win. He's laying out on the line. McDonough just, he just broke his finger off a shot and he's still, he's got a sling on and he's playing hockey still. Like, what, what can I do? What, what do I bring to the team? So I think it was more of uh, creating our own uh, fuel. You know, we wanted to play sure. for each other. We saw Stammer, what was it, game two in Florida, went down the tunnel three times off block. Oh, yeah. I remember Comes that. back every single time. Like, your captain's doing that. How do you not get chills and be like, "Hey, then I'm gonna go. I want to eat one." You know, take 105 <laughs> slaps out of my face. You know, I love it. Uh, love it. Yeah, no, that's that's just the kind of uh, just the mojo that that was on the team, and they, the nerves kind of go away. It's just like, okay, now it's time to win. Like this is what it takes, and you're just doing anything you can. What's the handshake line at the end of that one? Like, um, you know, it was. It was I mean hockey's such a battle and such a war and like when it's game on it's you want to rip guys heads off but as soon as it's done there's a, a mutual respect on 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 the game you know we all know how hard it is we all know battling through injuries uh blocking shots uh big hits we know we know pests are happy pests but when it comes to the, the game being over it's a mutual respect on how hard guys play the game and i mean Sometimes it's just the better team wins and you just got to pay, pay your respects. Like, hey, good job, good luck. Um, uh, have fun in the next round, whatever it may be, or have a like, great season. Uh, it's just a mutual respect because we all know how hard it is to lay it out in the line. And I mean, it takes some, I don't know if I can say this, but it takes some, uh, some I don't know, I'll change my words, but it takes courage. You can use balls. Like, yeah. It takes, it takes <laughs> balls. It takes balls is what it is. Like it's not, people don't realize how hard this puck is. Like if you ask me right now to like take a shot with no equipment uh, with a puck, even if it was just like a half shot, I'd say no chance. But as soon as the game's on, you don't have a lot of padding and this thing's going like a hundred miles an hour and you're stepping into it and you want it. You're like, I hope this thing hits me, which is a crazy yeah. mindset to think, but so we all, we all, it's the only sport. It's the only sport. It's fro frozen vulcanized rubber coming at you at like a hundred, what hundred miles an hour or whatever the, the yeah. speed is. So, I get it, man. And it juices up the bench, right? Like when you guys block shots, especially forwards on the PK and everyone's getting up and slamming their sticks, you can create yeah. momentum that way. So yeah, I get it. And it takes their momentum. Like PK, I don't know how many times that 
uh, Cernak or McDonough, Sorelli. Yeah. They, bro- they blocked two shots in a row. Our bench is going nuts. Now their PP is like, oh, man. Like, uh, they start hesitating. Like, man, he's like, what do we do here? You know? That, yeah. No, and that leads me – this is a good question because it kind of relates to the Sens right now and their plight on defense. How important – because we were talking about Cernak when we were on the golf course and you're talking to me about how crucial or critical he was to the success because, you know, those old school – well, not, I don't want to call him an old school defenseman because he moves really yeah. well and he can make plays. You know, how crucial is it to have those guys on the back end? It's like, so to touch on what we were talking about, it's like, I shouldn't say it's new generation, but the new hockey coming up is a lot of social media based. So they want to be the, the ones that get the nice goals and the Michigan goals like the Zegers does. But that's not how it, that's not like, yeah, it's great to be those players, but to actually be one of those players is really, 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 really difficult. I mean, you can score in junior, you can score in the NHL, but the NHL, sometimes it just doesn't work out for whatever reason. And it, it's hard. You need those players that are willing to just play a role. It's not the prettiest, but guess what? They help the team win. They're not scoring 20 goals a year, but they probably have 100 block shots. They have a cycle going and it creates offense for other lines. Um, it's not a pretty game, but it's needed. And that's what you need to win. And uh, like touching on Jernak, PK, <laughs> You could line up you, – you could probably have a highlight reel on how many times it went D to D to one-timer, and he goes out, one knee down, blocks a shot, goes off the ice, comes back, does it again, takes in the same spot, goes off the ice, comes back. And then PK – or um, five on five, hard to play against, cross-check, throws hard hits. You can't get around him. You're kind of thinking, okay, I'm on Cernak's side. I might as well just cycle the puck. I don't really want to go to the net because I'm going to get cross-checked, yep. boxed out in front. And then breakouts, first pass right on the tape, doesn't overthink anything, doesn't try to overstick handle. He plays a simple, hard game, and he's perfected it, and that's why he's such a good player. I agree. Uh, You're watching our interview with Nick Paul, brought to you by Ridge Rock Brewery, ridgerockbrewco.ca. Use the 15% coupon code WHAMSHOW and get 15% off your order uh, and try home delivery. By the way, uh, you skate with Calvin DeHaan, I believe, a couple of times in the summer as he's uh, one of the owners of Ridge Rock. Um, I got a couple questions. One is... Matthew Kachuk is now in Florida. You're well aware of the Kachuk family. Uh, he's very vocal about not liking the Tampa Bay Lightning. Are you looking forward to this matchup? Yeah. I mean, every time we play Florida, it's a, it's a pretty good battle. And uh, we have a pretty good rivalry. And they're, they're a really good team as well. So it makes for, for good hockey. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's Matthew going in. He, he's getting the Florida fans and um he's typing up for the media which is good for the game right you want to tune into those games now and you want to see what happens so i like it um you want to say stuff in the media i think that that's good and any kind of, uh viewership or, or anything we can get on the game uh, i think is important so i like it i mean if that means more people are tuning in and our games get a little more uh rivalry uh, i love it get a little chippy get some chirping going whatever whatever it takes uh, you know we're all about growing the game and I think that the NHL has taken that step now of kind of uh, uh, letting personalities be personalities and kind of follow them that way. Uh, I like it. Uh, I think it'll be good. Well, uh, feel free to say something about Florida right now if you want. <laughs> he hasn't been there, he hasn't been there long enough. It's going to be a good game. You know, obviously, uh, the way the playoffs went and everything, they're going to want our, they're going to want our heads next time we play. So uh, any games against Florida, I mean, we want to be the best team in Florida. They want to be the best teams in Florida. It's a uh, it's a fun game to play in. the The Atlantic looks tougher this year, or looks better, stronger, whatever you want to call it, with 
Toronto. And then, of course, you guys are always strong. You see Ottawa obviously made some big additions. Uh, are you looking forward to facing an Ottawa team this year? I, there's been a lot of change, obviously, for you. Like Colin White's gone and Connor Brown and Matt Murray. And there's, there's a few changes, so I don't know if it feels different to you. But are you looking forward to facing the Ottawa Senators this year? Yeah, I, I think it'll be uh, a cool experience. You know, playing in that rink on the other side is definitely uh, something that's going to feel weird. You know, yeah. people walking in through the back door or from the, the player's door and going in the dressing room for seven, seven, eight years now. So uh, being on that other side, and uh, it's just a different feel. Like I know when I went to Tampa, it felt like a completely different rink being on the home side versus the away side. Uh, and then I don't know if that's because we're used to minus 40 snow when we get there and it's a little sunburn from staying out in the, <laughs> on the, uh, <laughs> on the deck. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but uh, no, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Uh, definitely a lot of uh, emotions tied there and a lot of my grind playing five minutes a night, doing whatever I can to stick to thinking, okay, am I an NHL player? How do I prove that to solidifying myself to wearing a letter there and having the trust of the coaches and, and, and kind of, developing the confidence I have now and, and figuring out my role. So uh, I think there's a lot of emotion and, and, and blood, sweat and tears that went into that arena, that organization. So um, it will definitely be, uh, it'll definitely be uh, something on my calendar. I'll be looking forward to. Does your mindset change? I'm not saying that you, uh, after signing the seven year deal, I'm not saying you're sitting back and thinking I've made it now and I don't have to do anything, but does your mindset mentally change knowing that you have a seven year contract instead of four straight one year deals or whatever it was. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. I actually, uh, at the golf course, someone was asking me about that. And for me, it's just, uh, now I like, no matter if I put up 50 points next year, it's not going to change how much money I make or anything like that. Right. So for me, it's all mental goals. Okay. This is what I want to do with my, uh, game. This is where I want to be with, uh, See, for me, points isn't really a huge thing, but obviously it's nice, but um, I want to win. And that's the biggest thing. And it's how do I win? If I if I do this as a player, um, if these are my PK numbers, this is how many hits I have, this uh, around this many points. If I can get those personal goals, that ultimately uh, helps the team win. So that's kind of where my mindset is, is um, being a player that is the most useful for the team and valuable and uh, come playoff time, I'm ready to perform at my best. I'm not trying to do something I'm not like, hey, I got seven years, doesn't matter what I can do. No, I want to show that I'm actually underpaid and, and I can outplay my contract and that made a good deal. And at the end of the day, even if I outplay my contract, then let's say I'm a 40, 50 point person, that's good for me. I don't, I'm not looking back pissed off that I, I should have got more money. For me, seven years at that, at that number is. I would, you told me that three years ago, four years yeah. ago, you're, you're nuts. Yeah. So this is the right deal for me. This is the right deal for yeah. my family, for my future kids. Um, so I'm happy. And now it's just me trying to be like, okay, you guys made a good decision in the seven years. I want to prove to you. I want to give, I want to show you guys, give you guys my respect and my everything that I have and, and let's go win championships. Let's go win Stanley Cup. So that's, that's the way I see it. Uh, I'm not kind of worried about, um, like, yeah, the seven years, I have my own goals. I have my own own, own uh, objectives. So that's that's kind of where my mindset's at. Perfect. Uh, a couple of other offside or outside of hockey questions. One, uh, are you, you like golf, eh? Are you like, are you any good at golf? <laughs> Depends on my driver is that day. If I have to put in the bag or not. But uh, 
Yeah, I love golf. I mean, I'm a very competitive person. I like to, uh, when things are hard, I tend to want to do them more. <laughs> and uh, golf's one of those things. It's like one day you're good, the next day you're terrible. And then you're like, hey, I can go on the range for an hour and figure it out. You go on the range the next day, it's right back, maybe even worse than it was before. So, uh, no, I, I, I like golf a lot. And, uh, I mean, you, I played with Matt, what was it, last uh, Friday? Friday, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun game. I love golf a lot. Do you play in tournaments? So this year is my first. I'm playing the club championships at the Royal. I'm in the, uh, I think it's B flight. So I'm like a, a 10 handicap whatever. So uh, I got, I qualified and then I won my first match one-on-one. So my next match is today. So I'll probably get the range a little early, feel the hands and uh, hopefully the outcome's good, but we'll do, see. Do you, do you have a caddy? Do you need a caddy for these things? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, one one voice in my head's enough. I don't need him to someone else. <laughs> it's, everyone's like, oh, you, you should be used to pressure, you know, what you did to the Leafs and the playoffs, you guys should be used. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I am I'm put hours and hours and hours into my craft and hockey. Like, I'm confident in what I can do. Golf, I don't know if this thing's going left or right. So, <laughs> yeah, but you, were, you were getting off the tee very well. Like, to me, watching your game, at least, like, your drives – or monsters and like they were like you're oh, averaging you when you're hitting them clean they're over 300 yards right yeah my problem is they go so high so if it does start moving instead of like five five to eight yeah. yards like 20 yards so yeah your ball your your ball sorry your ball like your trajectory that height you have is insane i don't like i thought i hit it high you like <laughs> trump all my shots with that so that's that's good though because it does bite and you get a little bit of a you get a little more backspin on it too, right? So yeah, no, it, 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 it's good and bad. When it's windy out, my game is uh, no fun to play. <laughs> Do you guys play down in Tampa then? Or are you going to be play, get it? I'm, I'm assuming you will be. Yeah, Kalorn uh, down there actually took me his course. Uh, Avila, he's a this guy's fun to watch. He's a he's a scratch yeah, right? and He's just anything 100 yards in, you might go in every single time. It's uh, how it's do a, you? How do you go from playing like because you hear all these stories and I never got to play in Tampa or in or or for Florida for that matter? Why or how do you go from that playing in that environment in that with no state tax in a beautiful area on a coastal city to you know playing elsewhere? I'm not going to name any Ottawa is different for me because I'm from here, but anywhere else in particular, like that's got to be a struggle to just get traded to some team up that it must, must feel like Siberia, like if you're in Winnipeg, for example. Yeah, no, um. Like it's funny, like even during the season, we go to Florida and we're like, man, it's paradise here. Like you walk out of the rink after game and you just feel good. It's just something about the air. It's like yeah. it's a lubricant in the joints. You start feeling good again and you're like, Yeah, man, this would be awesome. And then to think about like playing there for a couple of years and and to go in somewhere else, it's uh definitely is uh it'd be tough, you know, no taxes, good weather. But uh I mean Thank God I did the opposite, right? Now I'm going that's, there. That's oh. a real thing. That was a real thing. I remember Yermir Yager saying that about how playing in the warm weather and that humidity was good for his joints. Like, do you yeah. do you feel better on a day-to-day basis playing? Like, mine get creaky in the middle of February here. Like, I'm just, I hurt everywhere. Do you, well, do you kind of feel that effect? Cold. Like, in Ottawa, it was like a wet, like, minus 30 cold. Like, you didn't have gloves on, you're trying to text your, your, your Yeah. You're like, what's going on with my hands? Like, I can't move my fingers. You're like... Trying to, anyways, but there it's just like it's nice. It, it's uh, yeah, about the joints, it just feels like there's a little, little something in there. You're like, oh, this is nice, I feel good. Yeah, you just feel better, you just feel better for sure. Yeah. yeah, 
Okay. Uh, Nick, do you aside from telling jokes, do you have hidden talents or a <laughs> hidden talent? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> if, if, so if you had to do a Tampa Bay talent show, are you just going to be a stand-up comedian? Or would that be what you'd yeah, choose? Turn the lights off, put a spotlight on, and give me the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Not even good it. jokes. What? It's probably just me laughing at my own jokes. And <laughs> but that's the best part of it. Jokes. So yeah. why well, we say everyone's um, like, why do you laugh at your own jokes? Well, if I don't laugh, no one is, right? <laughs> who uh are you handy at all like if you need to fix something around the house do you own a power tool i've been putting on pictures the last week so i mean that's that's pretty handy that ain't easy get the stud finder <laughs> out for the big ones so yeah okay I, I, uh, is it level uh let me just move my is it level now <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um yeah no, i know i put some uh i get the whole everything out i got the, the little tape i got the the leveler stud finder so my dad is very uh very hands-on i try to learn from him so uh, okay good uh so what do you do to relax play golf relax. is that it yeah. yeah no i golf uh that's pretty much the big thing i i like the i like to play golf and just walk it you know there's something different about uh hitting a good shot which doesn't happen a lot and just kind of walk into the ball and you're enjoying the weather it's nice out course is beautiful with all the nature and everything you hear the birds crickets whatever it may be and you're just kind of out there and it's just like nothing else matters everything else is off the game and you're just focusing uh on not shooting over 90 so uh elon musk just said he bought on twitter that he bought manchester united and today victor hedman just came out with a group that just bought a like tier three premier soccer team if you had unlimited resources what professional team would you like to own? Ooh, that's tough. I feel like an NFL team would be unreal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but or soccer, soccer. So I'd say soccer or uh, or NFL. I think that'd be pretty uh, pretty sweet. Just the whole like the tail. I've I've only been to one game for NFL. The whole tailgating and everything, uh, going in every Sunday would be unreal. But then again, football, look how many fans they have and how the chance and everything. I'd probably say like Barcelona. I, I Barcelona. I probably just that'd be that'd be unbelievable. That'd be pretty good. Uh, have you are you expected to go to Tampa Bucks games this year? They're uh, I looked on Sports Interaction. They're the second favorite to win uh, win the Super Bowl this year. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome if I could find. Uh, if there's a day off that happens to to, to fit perfectly. That would be. Uh, That'd be unreal. So I mean, watching Brady. Sorry, my uh, I got two Huskies, and they uh, they love talking and playing. Hey, sound like lions. Yeah, no, my we just got we rescued one. Uh, she's like a Husky lab. She was like Rottweiler face markings, but she is uh, she's a handful. She loves to play. She loves to talk, and she she's just so energetic. What are your dogs' names? uh nash and then everyone always asks is that because of rick nash no it's not i saw a dog at a dog park his name was nash he was a big melamy husky and uh i was like i like that name so i use that and then uh the other one's hazel so hazel yeah uh is there any reason for that i just liked it (laughs) fair enough i know all right matt can you name all your dogs got about nine of them (laughs) that's that's hilarious <laughs> yeah, that was a good joke. I'll give you that one. <laughs> well, there. See, now that we're into the dog days of summer, uh, 
we appreciate you stopping by. Good luck uh, at the Royal. Uh, was Alfie there, by the way? Yeah, he uh, he just got back. Uh, him and Carl were in Sweden for for a little bit there. Now they're back. Uh, two weeks ago, they came back. Yeah, you you asked him that earlier, Wally, and he answered the question. Remember, he said that Alfie lost his first game. That yeah. wasn't recorded. <laughs> yeah, it was it was off record. <laughs> was that offline? Yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah. think uh, I think he lost his first one. It was tight. Went to overtime holes, but man, Alfie, he's a I play golf with him. He is an unbelievable golfer. He doesn't he's no practice. He's the ball up and he hits down. He makes it's it, he's fun to watch. He's unreal. I don't think there's anything it, Alfie's bad at. <laughs> no, no, there isn't. Uh, last question I have for you: When you come into Ottawa, how much money is on the board by you to win that game? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll be uh, throwing my hat in for part owner. Well, <laughs> 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 I've invested almost money on the board. No, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'll see what I can get away with. <laughs> we look forward to it. Uh, thank you for stopping by. Good luck uh, getting Good ready luck, for Paulie. the season. Not too much luck this year because uh, we're hoping for Ottawa to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, good luck this year. We look forward to watching you in the playoffs again. Thanks, my friend. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, appreciate once again, uh, Nick Paul stopping by. I hope he has a fantastic season. They're all skating, by the, by the way, out at uh, Senseplex. It's good to watch these guys. Uh, you get a chance just to see everybody who's normally just spends the summer here. Um, speaking of just guys hanging around, Craig, welcome into the show. Hey guys, what's happening? <laughs> just hanging out in the back. Hey, oh, I forgot to ask Nick. I sent him my graphic I made of him, uh, and he was very appreciative. He liked it. So okay. maybe they're going to have to stay. Sure. <laughs> Keep knocking them out. <laughs> um, that was a bit your tongue kind of answer, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, dude, I, I'm going to put it in now. The, are you entertained? That's going in for sure. If you're if you're making social oh, graphics, oh yeah, I saw. If that. you're making if you're making yeah. social graphics, I'm putting I'm making stupid headlines. So that's where we're uh, that's where we're going to do with it. Are you not entertained? You know what? I don't know. It took me a second. I was like, what is he? And then I was like, oh, now I get it. Yeah, yeah. You He's weren't super high it. on the World Juniors. And I was like, all right. I thought I'd have a little fun with that. You're having fun on the socials. I thought I'd steal yeah. a little bit of your bit there, too. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. what, I, okay. what I thought was fun during that interview, though, was Matt bringing up stuff that we clearly talked about before we started the interview. Almost like as, uh, <laughs> I thought that was really just like, uh, you already asked him that. Like, I think all three of us were just like, oh, OK, how do we swerve back into this one? <laughs> that was, I liked when that, I like when I didn't know like to get happens. out of it. Yeah, I like yeah. when that stuff happens. Yeah. Math, why do you have to make it so difficult, Math? I'm not trying, man. I just, I legitimately <laughs> thought you had asked him early on. I don't know why. I had a brain fart. It's cute. Surprise. Okay. Uh, so, Craig, with that being said, it's people that don't know Craig uh, sits in on all our interviews. Uh, you don't necessarily see him. However, we can see him. And in the middle, yeah. Baxter, the dog, comes in and he's just, he's just petting the dog. Yeah. He has allergies. His allergies, they, they, and so he gets a shot or whatever. And so he's still young, so we're still trying to figure out what it is. So he get last year brutal allergies. They pumped him full of the stuff, and he was good. This time they said, "Oh, let's give him a little bit less." And they they hit him. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have allergies. Like ragweed yeah. is kicking back up now, and so his eyes are just like dry, and he's got like oh, he he looks so. So I I don't know if you saw. I was just rubbing his eyes. Like he oh, no, it's, it's sad. I, he's going to the vet today. Oh, uh, that's that's tough. So yeah, because I. I can see it going on, but I'm trying not to pay attention. I'm like, I know. I apologize. Oh, Baxter just came and hung out. <laughs> he came over and kind of like put his head up. And I was like, he just wants me to rub his eyes. His eyes hurt. So 
Yeah. Hey, we're boys. a dog friendly show. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's lots of dog talk today. Nick Paul dogs, uh, Matt's army of dogs. Like everybody's got dogs. So yeah, it's, uh, there you go. A little bit, a little bit of off camera dog stuff happening today too. Uh, Hey boys, nice work with, uh, Nick Paul today. It's nice to, nice to stay in touch with that guy after he left the, the, the area code. So uh, it's nice. nice to yeah. And he still hangs out. Like a lot of guys are still here, right? Mark stone, uh, Mark, so stone, I guess, you know, stone Eric Carlson, sold. like stone sold his place. I know, but he's still staying here. Like he's still trying to find another place to live in Ottawa. Oh yeah, he was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. So that's all I'm saying. Like all these guys continue to re- stay in the city. Yeah, uh, they like to come back here. Like, and Mark, st- I, I know, like his wife is from here, but they don't have a lot of ties to Ottawa. If they were just to stay in Vegas, no one would think any different, right? Mm-hmm. And well, you see a lot Stoney's of these guys a, still continue. Stoney's to come in back. a tough. Stoney's in a really tough spot because he's got his pick between Ottawa and Winnipeg, which obviously you go Ottawa every time, right? So, to your point, <laughs> but yeah. a lot of these, well, a lot I, of these guys that aren't from here, like Matthew, played in two different cities that aren't your hometown. Like, could you see yeah. yourself living in either of those cities? Probably, right? Like, oh yeah, we tried, we tried, we wanted to stay in Dallas, but yeah. just the green card stuff, like which we were getting through the process. But at the end of the day, I think the season had just ended, and you don't realize how kind of lonely and quiet it gets once all the players start leaving town and we were still there and we we had to stay 180 days in dallas in order for us to complete the green card process and ellie we just ellie and i just had jack and our firstborn and we just thought okay we don't want to deprive our parents and family so we were bound by family here in ottawa and we came back but i mean i regret it every year in the winter i love the summers here i love the fall but the winters are so long and cold. And I think that's the one deterrent for a lot of guys. But, you know, if you're coming back from your from your playing city to come back, live here in the auto in the summertime, it's fantastic. Yeah, especially yeah. you got a bunch of other guys doing the exact same thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. like it's almost like it yeah. becomes, I mean, and like you see that in places like Nashville where guys kind of just congregate to one sort of division or all. And then it's just a bunch of players that hang out together. So, And there's a lot of guys that are living here. in Nashville. There's yeah. a lot of guys there that have made that their home base too because there's no state tax. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's warm. My wife was just there on the weekend. She's fallen in love with it. So, you know, it's it's it's, it's where guys – yeah, it's a great city. And a lot of guys are also in around Florida, like near Fort Lauderdale and Parkland. Like that's where Craig Anderson is. And I know a lot of the Czech players retire out there as well. So, you know, it's 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 what you like. And if you have the option and flexibility to move, for a lot of guys, they'll they'll do it. Yeah. So why don't you buy an Hawaiian shirt and go sit in Florida with all the retirees? I will. It's not that easy. You, you need a green card. No, but lots of people in Canada own a second property. Yeah, in but they the don't US have kids. And re- you can't just yank your kids out of school halfway through the year because it's a six months cap on, Craig, on your travel there. So Craig Anderson will teach them. He's not. He, he'll he'll teach them school. Oh, OK. All right. <laughs> Well, then that settles this discussion. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. I I thought you like if we didn't have, have you, kids, did you, if we didn't have kids, we yeah. would not be here. We would probably be somewhere warm. Yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of people would agree with me I on that. But you know, warm. work, I, jobs, I'm careers. right there with you. Yeah. I remember I always joked I asked TSN to open a Tampa bureau so I could work there. Like I, <laughs> I hate the cold. I used to do and that too when when I was like yeah. those 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 like February games where it's like you're digging oh. your car out of the thing. It's like, hey, I wonder if oh. Anaheim needs anybody to do their social media. <laughs> it's like let's go yeah. chill. Let's chill with somewhere nice. And those those <sighs> teams don't need to do any promotion. Like they don't need to try to convince guys because players get off the plane. You guys remember when you guys worked for the teams? Yeah. Like you get off the plane and it's like. Oh my God. Like that humidity hits you in the face. Yeah. Oh yes. 
Yeah. And oh, you, you have your jacket with you and you're like, what the hell? Like, what am I yeah, doing I don't here? need this. Don't Leave it on the plane. This. And then you go back <laughs> and then you got to go back. And it's just, yeah, uh, it's tough. I don't want to talk about winter boys. It's August. No, me neither. I know it's, but it's <laughs> no. coming. It's coming. Like it's, it's cooling down now at nighttime, right? Like it's like, setting oh God, a little bit earlier and yeah, it's not good boys. August. Hey, good. That means hockey season's closer. We're like five which, weeks which, to the first which exhibition. Which is great. Yeah. Excited. So, yeah. So with that said, boys, get outside and enjoy the time we have left in the summer. Okay. Amen. We'll catch you next time on the Walling the Thought Show.